You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And hello and welcome in to the Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. It's a much better day for the Atlanta Braves who have been looking for wins in bunches in the second half and just haven't really been able to find them. That is, unless they're playing the Milwaukee Brewers. And these two clubs meeting for the second time in one week, and the Braves continued what was some success last weekend up in Milwaukee and picked up a victory. 10-7, the final score in the opener of this three-game set. We've got a lot to talk about on this edition of the show. As always, I'm Grant McCauley, joined by Jake Mastriani. And before we get started with some of the things we really wanted to see, the Braves offense in particular, some hitters looking for some big days at the plate, they got those big days, and the Braves were able to turn, I believe, what would be, I think, referred to maybe as an impromptu bullpen game into a victory over the Brewers. Make sure to subscribe here on YouTube to Locked On Sports Atlanta. Go ahead, click the bell to get notified every time we drop a new episode. Leave a like, a comment, all those good things that helps us grow the community, and make sure to subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcast. Jake, the Braves needed the offense to kind of wake up. I think that sets a tone for this club more times than not, particularly with the strain that the pitching staff has been under, and the Braves offense delivered on this night to pick up a series opening win against the Brewers. They did, as you mentioned, more so just because of where the pitching staff is right yeah. now. You've really been leaning on that offense to kind of put up some big numbers like they've done a lot this year. Unfortunately, as you said, was somewhat of an impromptu bullpen game. Fortunately, they were able to do that and get enough runs to get a win. Yeah, you don't plan on using seven pitchers every night, but the Braves were able to do it coming off the off day. But uh, really, I think the offense was center stage here on this night. Let's jump inside the box score, the line score of this game, the 101st of the year for the Braves. They're now 65-36 and 36 on the season. Atlanta with 10 runs, 15 hits, no errors, eight men left on base. The Brewers, meanwhile, 57-47, and 47, seven runs, 11 hits, no errors, and six men left aboard for the visiting club. Colin McHugh had to come on, work out of a jam for Yanni Chirinos. We'll get into that start in a moment. He picked up the win and relief. He's 4-1. and one. He was the first of the six relievers the Braves used after Chirinos. Adrian Hauser did not have the same luck that he had up at American Family Field against the Braves. This time around, they were able to get the bats on him. He takes a loss, drops to 3-3. Three and three. Rysel Iglesias, a perfect ninth inning for his 19th save of the year. Game lasted 2 hours, 55 minutes. Also a 30-minute weather delay right beforehand. Thankfully, that did not turn into a longer wait, and they were able to get this game in as 42,502 Paid to see it at Truist Park. Jake, let's go with uh, the pitching and then kind of go into the hitting because I think it was the offense waking up that really gave the Braves this victory. It was the Atlanta debut for Yanni Chirinos. I think both of us were kind of not really scratching our heads, but wondering maybe what the play was here with Chirinos and how long could he last? What role would he play? How would the Braves utilize him? He hasn't necessarily had a great year and injuries have kind of derailed his career in recent years as well. He wasn't able to get out of the fourth inning, not hit hard, but he wasn't really fooling Milwaukee either. He wasn't. And yeah, you're right. The the move to, to bring him in and start him maybe over some other options out there was a bit, you know, of a question for the Atlanta Braves. But he was really one pitch, one out away from having an OK outing in this one. It really kind of changes a lot of things there if he doesn't give up that hit. Uh, to Joey Weimer there that scores the two runs, gives the Brewers the lead there. We maybe look at this outing a little bit differently. 
But he's a two-pitch pitcher at this point. It's a sinker splitter. It's really what he's been primarily focusing on. That splitter is really good, and when it's a pitch that's on for him, he can have a lot of success. You mentioned it. Not a lot of hard contact tonight. 85-mile-per-hour average exit velocity against. Hardest hit ball he gave up was 97 miles per hour. He had 10 swings and misses on 30 swings, so uh, it's a pretty decent whiff right there. So uh, maybe the Braves see something in there. I don't know necessarily as a starter, but perhaps maybe in a reliever role with that splitter, I think maybe he's somewhere, someone down the road that maybe they turn into a solid, you know, long reliever. Yeah, this was definitely a depth move. I mean, nobody was asking Yanni Torinos to come in and solve some of the rotation ills that the Braves have had, particularly because of injury to Max Fried and Kyle Wright. Clearly, that's been a big problem. There's been a revolving door in the fourth and fifth spots of the rotation for much of the season, and at least for the last nearly three months. But you know, Torinos, three and two thirds innings, six hits, four runs, all of them earned one walk. And three strikeouts, no home runs allowed, as I mentioned, and, and Jake just laid out. It wasn't that he was getting hit altogether that hard, but he was, it seemed like, not able to get the sinker down quite as much as he needed to to have some success, and he was done after getting into that fourth inning trouble. Uh, the Braves bullpen, though, I thought did a nice job. Obviously, Ben Heller late in the game made things a little bit interesting, and Kirby Yates was able to back him up and get out of some eighth inning trouble. But by and large, I mean, you know, Jake, this is a bullpen that has been asked to cover a lot uh, on some nights for the starters. They've been asked to pitch out of roles because of all the injuries. This was a night where I felt like this was a, a low-key evening for the bullpen to kind of shine while the offense was out there kind of stealing the headlines and doing all the things that we've become accustomed to seeing the Braves bats do. And you knew it was going to be a little bit of a, a test for the bullpen going into this. I don't think anybody thought Torinos was going to go more than four innings. He just hasn't thrown a lot lately. So you knew the bullpen's, bullpen would be somewhat taxed in this one. And good thing you've had the two off days this week, so they are somewhat rested. You hate to do that in the first game of a three-game weekend series. But, uh, again, luckily the Braves bullpen was a little bit rested, and you had the big lead, really, except for the inning with Ben Heller and – uh, look, I know he's a bit frustrated going into that. He got a you know pitch clock violation before he even started, yeah. and you got to get over that. And I know hitters, pitchers in particular, seem to struggle with that and maybe let their emotions get into it a little too much. But either way, it was not his best outing on on the night. But outside of him, as you mentioned, everybody else you know was pretty good coming into relief there to close things out. So yeah, this bullpen's going to be tested, and I, I think they have to be pitching like. You know, I don't want to say their jobs on the line, but you know, the trade deadline coming up, it's certainly one area I'm sure Alex and Thomas is looking to perhaps make a move at. And you want to see these guys step up. They're capable of it. They can do it. So it was good to see, like I said, everybody except for Ben Heller really have a pretty solid evening. Yeah. And it's going to happen, you know, a few times every year where a reliever is just not going to have the answers to it. But you hated to see it just was off kilter from the get go. And, you know, obviously a three run homer that made the game a lot closer than it felt, you know, even, you know, sitting here doing the recap of this, it never really felt like it was a close game, but it got a little bit interesting there a little bit later on, because once the Braves took that lead, they continued to tack on and tack on and tack on in this game. And the power was a big reason why. Uh, so switching the page to the Braves lineup, there are a couple of guys I know you and I have both discussed on all of our shows and all the things that we do and probably more than we wanted to, on social media of late, and, and we're right up against the trade deadline, so how could you not be discussing ways that the Braves could upgrade and things that haven't gone right in the second half, and in particularly maybe just the month of July? It's not been a great one for Marcelo Zuna. It's not been a great one for Eddie Rosario either, but those were the guys leading the charge as the Braves got on the board and continued to tack on. Ozuna had a big home run in this game, but it was his walk that really helped spark the Braves' offense. Eddie Rosario followed with a double. Atlanta hung a crooked number on the board. Orlando Arcia hurt his old team again. That's always fun to see. 
And then you saw the big swings late from Austin Riley and Matt Olson, who also left the ballpark. But this was a lot more like it. Everybody in the lineup was contributing to this one and a lot of multi-hit games to be found when it really hasn't been quite as many of those games as we became accustomed to over about a six or seven week stretch for this club. Yeah, you're right. Everybody up and down the lineup had a hit. Everybody in the lineup had a hit. Everybody scored a run except for Michael Harris. Everybody had an RBI except for Murphy and Harris. So again, just one of those nights where everybody's contributing, showing just how dangerous this lineup is. You mentioned Ozuna and Rosario, guys who have been struggling late. Look, it's a great problem for the Braves to have when you're talking about possibly upgrading guys who have a 746 and a 766 OPS in your lineup. You know, that's where the Braves are at at this point. But you know, Azuna and Rosario for sure have been struggling as of late. So it was good to see them come out, have a good night. Couple hits for Ozuna and Rosario. Ozuna with the home run and the double. Eddie getting a, a double in there as well. So, you know, again, it's just it's an embarrassment of riches in this lineup. We know that, uh, but that's really what this team is built on right now, especially with the way that the pitching is. And thankfully, they have guys up and down who are dangerous. And you're not going to have every guy clicking at the same time. We know that, but. Yeah, again, with how many weapons they have, you're bound to have at least two or three, sometimes even more than that, going each and every night. This night, they had pretty much everybody. Yeah, some peaks and valleys of the seasons, I think, particularly for Marcelo Zuna and for Eddie Rosario, where it seems like, you know, there's a while that they can't buy a hit. Then all of a sudden, they go on, I guess, what we're calling as a heater these days. And maybe this will be the start of something for both of these guys. Ozuna and Rosario kind of powering up the lineup, both two for four. The homer run knocked in, three runs scored, and a walk for Ozuna. Double, two runs knocked in, and a run scored for Eddie Rosario. And then Austin Riley and Matt Olson going back-to-back in the seventh inning. Homer number 23 for Riley. I believe that's seven in his last 10 games for Matt Olson. Uh, he continues to be one of the top home run hitters in baseball. He's got 33 of those and leading the National League, and he's got 82 RBI as well, two for four with two runs knocked in for him. Austin Riley, two for four with a walk as well. So, these are the guys that you want to see doing their thing. We just talked about a couple of guys that needed to get going. And you can throw Sean Murphy in there as well. It's been kind of a cold second half for him. Uh, he was called back for what we thought might be catcher's interference. Uh, the Braves had a little confusion on the challenge and challenged the wrong thing. And, well, unfortunately, Major League Baseball makes you be very specific. They're not going to look for things. And it turned into a single for Sean Murphy. He needed that, I think, yeah. to maybe get himself going. So along with Marcelo Zuna, Eddie Rosario, showing some signs there. Riley and Olsen continuing to power. Let me bring in the guy that we always want to find a way to talk about. Uh, how about Ron Lacuna Jr. on base four times on this night, 49th stolen base. little of everything for the Braves lineup. He was, yes, up and down in Acuna, one stolen base away from 50 stolen bases on the year. I mean, what a season he is having. Two hits, two walks. I mean, getting on base just about every time he comes up there. I mean, he's just truly incredible table setter at the top of the order. And then, like I said, you get those guys behind him going, you're getting the home runs from Austin Riley, Matt Olson. What about the home run from uh, Matt Olson? Uh, you know, pitch down below the zone. He's able to golf it out over that big wall in right center. I mean, he's just, you know, the power is incredible. You know this, but Ron Acuna Jr., I mean, it all starts with him at the top and what he's done this year. We've said it in almost every episode this year. It's just he's on an incredible historic type season. Yeah, he does it again. Two for three, a couple of walks, RBI, run scored, stolen base. The pace, if you're wondering, I keep the Acuna tracker going on Twitter or X, if we're calling it that now. 37 home runs, 79 stolen bases. Uh, his next steal would make him the first Braves since Otis Nixon in 1991 to surpass 50 steals. And that, of course, was the year that Otis stole 72 to set the modern franchise record. And Acuna has a chance at that as well. And he's shown no signs of slowing down 
when it comes to trying to steal some more bases. So over the final 61 games, he's got a shot at a little bit more history on top of a shot at 40-40 or doing something we've never seen before, like a 40-50, 40 40-60, 40-70 type of season, which is just mind-boggling to try to just wrap your mind around. It's a good luck with it. I haven't figured out quite a way to do it, but a great night for the Atlanta offense. Uh, Marcelo Zuna, Austin Riley, and Matt Olson with the home runs for Atlanta. And the lead in the National League East remains 10 games as both the Phillies and the Marlins won on Friday. Hank Aaron weekend, I think that's always something fun. You know, the Braves are going to be wearing the City Connects throughout the weekend as the uh, the old 74 throwbacks are not in service this year. But the City Connects, obviously, an, an homage to Henry Aaron. And great to see Billy Aaron, the wife of the late Hank, Aaron and the at the ballpark tonight as well. One thing I did want to throw out there, Jake, I know you probably feel the same way that I do. Real shame for Brewers reliever Justin Wilson just activated today after coming back from Tommy John surgery and was going to make his first appearance after completing his minor league rehab assignment. Uh, something went wrong for him in the bullpen. He was not able to pitch. That's a situation where you just keep your fingers crossed and say a little prayer if that's your thing as well, that maybe this is nothing major for him because you just, your heart just goes out to him because that's a tough situation. Yeah, you work so hard to get back there and get on that mound. We've talked about it with Michael Soroka this year. I mean, what he's gone through just to get back to to where he is, to be able to pitch in a major league game again is truly, you know, remarkable. So you really hate to see that for him. Hopefully it's nothing major and he gets another opportunity here soon. Yeah, we'll see how all that plays out. But for the Braves, they were doing their thing both early and often to score the runs that they needed to pick up a win in this game. So they were able to start out on the winning track in this weekend series against the Milwaukee Brewers. And again, Atlanta now 29 games over 500 as they continue to be uh, or have the biggest lead in all of Major League Baseball in any divisional race. We'll talk a little bit about Saturday's matchup, get you set for that as we roll in through the weekend. Before we do, though, I want to remind you about one of our great sponsors. It is eBay Motors, who present this episode of the Braves Postcast and remind you that a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. It's the same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for that green check Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit's only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only and exclusions apply. Uh, as far as game two, we're going to see our old friend Julio Tehran on the mound for the Brewers. It's Bryce Elder looking to make it back-to-back good starts against the Brewers. He's 7-2. and two. Tehran, he looked good against the Braves last time out, too. He's 2-4 and four on the year. What do you expect from this matchup, Jake? I'm expecting the Braves offense to do a little bit better against Julio Tehran this time around. Certainly hope that's the case, put up a big number, but more so with the way the starting pitching has been, having to use a lot of bullpen arms, don't really know who's going on Sunday yet. You need a big outing from Bryce Elder here. You need him to give you some length in this game. And then, like I said, hopefully the offense can have a little bit more luck against uh, Julio Tehran this time around. Braves can go ahead and get a win, get this series wrapped up, and go for a sweep on Sunday. That would be good. It would be a great weekend, especially uh, with the Braves, one of Hank Aaron's clubs, playing the Brewers, his other club that he finished his big league career with. It would be great for Atlanta to pay a little homage in the city in which Hank set that big-time record, one of the biggest records in all of sports back in 1974 when he broke Babe Ruth's home run record. And again, the City Connects, they are inspired a lot, I think, by the 715 and all the things that go with it and all the things Hank Aaron. Uh, that uh, go into that particular uniform design. They'll be back at it on Saturday. Wearing those City Connects Braves. We'll have Bryce Elder against Julio Tehran. Game two is set for 7.20 p.m. Eastern time at Truist Park. That'll wrap us up here on the Braves Postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. Hit the bell to get notified. Leave a comment, a like, all of those good things, and make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Braves 
wherever you get your podcast. Once again, Atlanta with a 10-7 win over Milwaukee to open up the three-game weekend series. For Jake Mastroianni, I'm Grant McCauley. We will catch you next time. And until then, so long. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked on Yankees. Locked on Mariners. Locked on Mets. Locked on Angels. And you're listening to Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. 